your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to your Locked On at Least podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And a reminder that this podcast is a daily show coming each and every day, Monday to Friday. And hey got some news we're gonna have a permanent co-host joining me starting in february so not too much longer that's literally next week so this is the final week of just a solo al's brother mike DeStefano, locked on these podcasts coming up next week we're going to be joined by another member uh as a full-time co-host which honestly is gonna really help me it's been uh i've gotten a lot busier in my you know, my day-to-day life since taking on this Locked On Lease podcast, and I love doing the show. Sometimes I'm just unable to fit it into my schedule, and sometimes you guys aren't getting what you deserve, which is daily content. So at least if I have a co-host, if there are days where I just can't get it done, uh, he will be able to help uh, you know, help put one out, but it just gives me another voice to bounce off of as well, and it'll allow us to kind of try and grow this thing and get bigger and bigger. We're also going to be on YouTube once we get going as well, so you can go and check it out. It'll be a video podcast on YouTube, so lots of good things planned for 2022 here on Locked on Leafs, and uh, without further ado, today's episode is going to be a crossover podcast with myself and Jason Hernandez of Locked on Ducks, so uh, I'm going to bring him in. We had this conversation uh, earlier today, and here he is, Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks. All right, now being joined by Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks. Jason, how goes it? It's it's going all right. It's fun in Ducksland right now. They're in a playoff spot, which I'll admit none of us thought this before the season started. No, I would say that they're probably one of the biggest overachievers to this point in the season. And you're talking about a a Ducks team that's coming to Toronto and feeling pretty good about themselves. Got a victory against uh, Anaheim, or got a victory against Tampa, Florida, and now Boston. Boston. So three massive victories for the Anaheim Ducks, really doing the Leafs a favor by beating all these, you know, divisional teams. You're <laughs> so, welcome. So thank you until tomorrow where they got to go up against one another. Uh, so this is a crossover podcast between myself, Mike DiStefano of Locked on Leafs, and uh, Jason Hernandez of Locked on Ducks with the Leafs and Ducks facing off tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. They'll be, what, 4 p.m. local time for yep, y'all. I try to make, try to make you feel at home with the jersey back here, too. <laughs> I do note that for those who are listening on the podcast, Jason does have a, a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey circa 2004. So basically the last time that the Maple Leafs made the playoffs, that's where that jersey is from. So that's how old that jersey is because it's been a hella long time, my friend. But Just trying to make you feel better, buddy. And, and by the playoffs, I meant win a playoff round, by the way. They've obviously yeah. been to the playoffs. But um so yeah, Leafs Ducks tonight. Really excited about this game. I think these are two uh, pretty good, solid teams. You know, like like you said, no one was expecting for the Ducks to kind of be a playoff contender. I think that shocked a lot of people. 
what's so different about this Anaheim team um, outside of the, you know, the, the five, one blowout win that Toronto was able to get on them the first go around when they were, you know, over out in California, you know, what is the reason for why this team is playing so well right now? First off, I'm going to use my hashtag that I've been using all season. Hashtag let the kids play. Yeah. The kids yeah. are finally playing. Jamie Drysdale has been doing exceptionally well on defense. You know it starts with Trevor Zegris and Troy Terry, both of whom are going to the All-Star game. Well, sort of. Troy Terry during the game and Zegris during the breakaway challenge. Uh, let's start with the youth. Trevor Zegris has been the I don't want to say the front runner for the Calder, despite what tweets we saw earlier this week and last week, but I would say Zegris is up there among the Calder Trophy candidates. Uh, he's been doing very well since coming off of COVID. I think his his defense has actually gotten a little bit better recently. Yes, Ducks fans, let me say that again. <laughs> his defense has been getting better recently. He's becoming more responsible in the neutral zone. He's becoming more responsible as far as staying with this guy. Uh, the passing game has been incredible for Trevor Zegers. Right now, he's got 30 points, well, 10 goals, and 20 apples. He kind of got... lit the league on fire and all of hockey Twitter on fire with a certain assist and a pass yeah. is what you could call that earlier this season. What um, do we want to call it? We could call it the Flying Z. We can call it what – I mean, I like the Flying Z. I've did heard a million this, names. So did you have this discussion on Locked On Ducks about what you guys are trying to call it? We've just been calling it the Zegris. It's just, it's the Zegris. It's what it is. It's, it's the Zegris. Everyone's calling it the Zegris. But it, it's the Flying Z just because of the Mighty Ducks film. That's right. one that I'm particular to myself. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so you were saying that uh, for tonight's game, there might be a couple of lineup changes. Anyone who's going to be out either through injury or through COVID? Uh, through COVID, unfortunately, it's going to be Josh Manson. Manson is still out Aww. from the Anaheim Ducks with COVID, which sucks because there's been some rumors about Manson. But I guess we won't get to see him in action in Toronto. So there goes yeah. that. I, 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 so we're going to get to this preview later on in the show. So make sure that you stick around for the whole thing. I am going to ask you about those trade rumors because Toronto has been linked with Josh Manson for a little bit here, starting to pick up a little bit. So I'm curious to see if that is a possibility. If, if you know, you get the sense that Ducks management would be willing to part with, with a guy like Josh Manson does have a contract that's extended that's coming up and maybe mm -hmm. he's not part of the future. Maybe he is part of the future. I don't know. I'll get those answers from you later on, but uh, outside of Josh Manson, anybody else expected to miss tonight? That's pretty much it. Aside from that, everyone's finally a go. There is one little wrinkle, though. Yeah. Adam, Adam Henrique is on this road trip. He was practicing. He's expected to come back at some point during the road trip, but it's really nebulous, and no one knows exactly when that's going to happen. Henrique has been out for about a month and a half with a lower body injury. So we still don't know when he's going to come back. But, hey, he's practicing. So it'd be nice to have him back on the first or second line. 
for the Ducks. Yeah, you think it, that would be nice, I would think, to, to, to get him back onto the squad. Uh, from a Maple Leafs perspective, just like you said, it seems like a lot of the league is starting to finally get healthy. That Omicron variant that really struck in, in December and early in January is kind of starting to fade off a little bit. It seems like we're seeing less and less players hit the COVID list because, what, 70% of the league had already – had it so like they're they're now like on holiday they call it from testing so they're not going to land on the COVID list so the 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 Toronto Maple Leafs actually have no players as of now let's knock on wood that we don't see something pop up uh, later today but as of now they've got their full lineup except Jake Muzzin who's going to be a game time decision he's been skating the last couple of days in a non-contact red after getting a concussion a couple of weeks ago or a, a few games ago I think it was last Saturday. He missed the last two games. So we'll see if he ends up playing tomorrow night. But outside of that, they got a full group of forwards that they, you know, they're they're excited about and just missing Jake Muzzin on the back end. But Hall is back. Justin Hall is going to be back for Toronto. He had also missed the last couple of games. He's coming off the COVID list to make mm-hmm. this a healthy group. And that should help because with him out of the lineup and Muzzin, the Maple Leafs were a little bit thin, a little bit soft, uh, that is what the term that was used by Sheldon Keefe in this defense. So bringing in Hall, who's got a little bit of bite, doesn't mind jumping in front of pucks, going Wait into a minute. You know, does, loose battles. What's that? Does this mean that we finally get to see Andre Kasha versus old team? Finally? Andre Kasha will be in play tomorrow and not only is he going to be in play tomorrow Andre Kasha is on the top line tomorrow with Matthews and Bunting there's been new look lines for the Leafs tomorrow that are being played and Sheldon Keefe did come out and say after a couple of days of tinkering and and seeing what they look like in practice these are going to be the lines going forward into tomorrow night's game and make it a little bit of a run but Bunting is going to be playing with Austin Matthews and Andre Kasha so Kasha this is his chance man to go out and say hey Anaheim you gave up too soon he gave up too soon. You just had to roll with me for a little bit longer. Trust my health. He was what? Was, was that part of the Bacchus trade that he was that dealt was. with? That was. Part of the, that was part of the Bacchus trade and also a first-round pick, which wound up being Jacob Perot. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Andre Kasha is definitely uh, going to play tomorrow. And, and interestingly, Marner bumped down to the second line to reunite with Tavares. They had some magic a couple of years ago. So, it's going to be a fun little little game for the Maple Leafs because it's actually a brand new lineup. Like totally Sheldon Keefe put these lines in a blender and it's going to look completely different in Nylanders on the third line. Like, you know what? Same with the Ducks. Instead of having Trevor Zegras on center, they're putting him on a wing on the top line with Ryan Getzloff and instead putting Troy Terry down on the second line. So a little bit of a mix up for both these teams. It's going to be really interesting to see how Troy Terry does against this team, and most importantly, how Zegras does on the top line against the Maple Leafs. Yeah, should be a fun one. I know that we're excited to, to get our, our, a glimpse, another glimpse of Trevor Zegers, Troy Terry, Jamie Drysdale, the young youth uh, taking part in uh, Anaheim. All right, let's take a, let's take a quick break here, uh, Jason. And when we return, why don't we go through kind of the keys to the game for each team and how we think both of our squads can come away with the full two points and get the victory tomorrow. And then, like I said, I got to get to the bottom of this Josh Manson 
situation here and see if that could be a possibility. Lots of Leaf fans have circled him as their acquisition that they want before the deadline. But is it even possible? Is it even available? I'll ask you that a little bit later on as well. Uh, but for now, let's hear a word from our show sponsor. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar into your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which could be chalky or waxy or taste like chemical spill. You know, sometimes you just want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you're sitting there saying, where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars containing just 130 calories, 4 grams of net sugar, of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for you. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever, and replace those calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bar. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you'll reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it like a workout. And there's so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, salted caramel, many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back into the Locked on Leafs, Locked on Ducks crossover show. I am Mike DiStefano, the host of Locked on Leafs. With me, i got Jason Hernandez of Locked on Ducks tonight. we got Toronto, we got Anaheim going down in Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. And there's a big difference between playing in California and playing in Ontario right now. The main one, and this might shock your viewers and your listeners you're not going to see fans in the building for this one. Are you prepared for that site? From a personal standpoint, I was prepared because all of last season, just to like peel back the curtain, I was in that modified AHL bubble last season. So I'm used to it. I'm used to seeing no fans in Irvine and El Segundo. So will it be weird? Yeah, a little bit. It'll be like watching the San Jose Barracuda game. (laughs) (laughs) Ari, snap. That's uh, our boys, JD Burke's going to have, or uh, JD's going to have an issue with you on the locked on thread. What? What did I say? There was, what, 50 fans there and 100 dressed as seats? Yeah, I might tell them. I might tell them that you said that. But, you know, and realistically, there's a big difference between these games and the games with fans because the Maple Leafs have just spent, you know, the better part of the last two weeks on the road. And yeah. there's just a different energy when you got people in the building, just a buzz. You can feed off of that. You got to kind of create your own energy when there's no fans in the stands. And it kind of is, is a, a um, kind of a weakness for Toronto, a disadvantage to not have that home crowd to feed off of. And it may allow Anaheim to take advantage a little bit here, but let's go through our three keys of the game. I'll let you go first. What do you think are the three keys that the Ducks need to do to try and get the two points tonight in Toronto? Uh, The first thing, and you kind of mentioned it, is creating their own energy and providing that spark right away. The Ducks did exactly that on their last game with Boston, where they just came out firing 
and jumped out to a very quick lead. And that took the crowd completely out of the game. That's something that the Ducks have been adept at all season long, has been taking crowds out of the game. Um, I don't know if you remember last season, but California had one of the more restrictive, I guess, uh, uh, properties as far as attendance was concerned. In fact, Anaheim only played three games all of last season with fans. So they, they're used to this. As far as energy, that's going to be the big one. Number two, one thing that's going to be a key is the penalty kill for the Ducks. They are one of the top teams in the penalty kill. They're going to have to rely heavily once again on Kevin Shattenkirk, Jamie Drysdale, Hampus Lindholm. They're going to have to rely on those big-time penalty killers because Toronto, their power play is way more than exceptional. One of the better power play units that I've seen across the league, and I'll, I'll give props where props is due. That power play is terrific in Toronto, so I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah, it's pretty Number- good. I think they're currently ranked second in the NHL right now, clicking at a 29%. And- um, they've been they've been phenomenal that first unit especially, but the second unit has been able to, you know, muster up a little bit of offense as well. The the penalty kill has been going, that's for sure. So yeah, that's yeah. probably going to be key. And try not to take penalties, I guess would be the first one. But when you do, got to try and kill them off against a top Toronto unit. Yeah, that's definitely a, a recipe for success when taking on the Maple Leafs. Uh, your third one. My third one is trying hard to at least draw some penalties. Trevor Zegras has been adept at drawing penalties recently as well. The Ducks are number eight in the power play. Can you tell special teams are two of my keys on this one? Because that's been their bread and butter all season long. Number three in penalty killing. Number eight in power play. One of the better special teams units across the entire NHL. And luckily enough for the Ducks, well, maybe luckily, I don't know, it's going to be Jeff Ward and Mike Stuthers behind the bench instead of Coach Dallas Eakins. So the interim head coach is right. one of the biggest proponents of the new special, new and improved special teams for the Ducks. So maybe we'll see a little bit something different. Yes, I do realize that a lot of the schemes are going to be Dallas Eakins schemes. A lot of that's going to be the same. But some of those little plays, especially on the special teams, it could make a difference without Eakins there. So that's maybe a twist on this. Who well, knows? What I think actually is interesting is there is a a connection here between Mike Stuthers and Morgan Riley, two guys who played together back in the day and, and, and know yep. each other very well. And um, I don't remember which media member it was, but in Morgan Riley's availability the night that he uh, – or the night that Aikens, I guess, he tested positive, correct? And that's why he's yeah. unable to play. Mm-hmm. So – or to coach – and they told him, like, hey, your old buddy, Mike Stuthers, he's going to be the de facto head coach tonight against Tampa. Like, you're going to be tuning in. He was like, oh, no way. This is the first time I heard about that. Might have to check it out. And then talked about how he sent him, uh, fired him over a text and whatnot afterwards, thanking him for getting the victory for uh, against the, the Lightning and whatnot. Yeah, and, so, you, and you just mentioned funny. that. Yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be really funny to see um, if there's any interaction between Riley and Mike Stuthers. I mean, sometimes – I guess when you're in the heat of the moment, maybe you just don't get the blinders on, but it'll be funny to see no, if there Riley will scores be. a goal, Riley scores maybe a power play goal, and he kind of looks over and gives a little wink or something like that. Maybe, maybe. No, those two know each other pretty well. In fact, on Mike Stuthers' post game, he did mention that he got a bunch of text messages and a couple of phone calls from various players around the league. He didn't mention anyone by name, 
But he did say that he got some calls and texts from former players that he coached and people that he knows. So I'm sure he's one of them that he referenced yeah. after, after that big victory against Tampa Bay. I mean, that's par- part of it as well. You know, someone that he's known for a long time. By the way, Stutz, he's a Toronto guy as well. He's from the area. He knows a lot of people out there. So this will be a big deal for Coach Stuthers, I think. And, you know, having, having covered the Ontario Reign for as many years as I have, you know, I've also gotten to know Stutz a little bit. And he's someone that does wear his heart on his sleeve a little bit. So, you know, there will be that emotion when he's behind the bench. Some money on the board, money on the board type of stuff for the (laughs) Ducks tomorrow, perhaps. It's too bad that there's not going to be, like, he won't be able to have his friends and family who are in the GTA area aren't going to be able to come out uh, and, and, you know, watch him in action on the bench. It kind of does suck. Like, I, I, I do hate the fact that nobody can go to these games, not just the fans, but even, like, a, a situation like this where you're making your head coaching debut, I guess, in Toronto, in Scotiabank Arena, and your family, who literally could be two feet outside of the arena watching it on the Jumbotron, but can't step inside and watch it. Um, kind of kind that. of unfortunate. However, I, if I'm not mistaken, they're, they're, they could be like some boxes and whatnot that they've been putting people in. I don't know. I've heard that. I, I think they could make an well, exception they can allow, for this They one. can allow up to 500 people in the building. They are allowed up to 500 fans. They just said, no, nah, we're not going to. But I think, like, friends and family, they're putting in as the 500. I could be wrong, but I thought I heard that. But, unfortunately, I'm not one of the 500, so I can't be there live to, yeah, you know, verify that. But, but this is a special opportunity for Mike Stuthers right. to – coach at least in front of some people even even if there's like a dozen people there special yeah. guests that alone would be cool as well yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens there um keys to the game for toronto for them to come away with the victory against anaheim tomorrow a full 60 minute effort that really hasn't been uh the case for toronto much as of late um i'm not sure how much you know talk this is getting out in california but toronto Four of five games, they held the 3-1 lead and just pissed them away. Gone. Boom. And then... I'm not going to say it. No, don't, don't say it. Don't say it. I thought, I thought you were no, going to say it for Keep sure. going. I'm, I'm holding uh, back. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, they, they, they've, they've gotten out to these leads. They've started out hot, but then fizzle away. So, that full 60-minute effort, they need to be able to put that in. They kind of did that the other day against the Islanders, but still got outworked in the third period. They're outshot 15 to four in that third frame. Don't let that happen. Control the first period, control the second period, control the third period, put forward a 60 minute effort. You get a lead, hold that lead. That is going to be key. Number one, key number two, and a way that you do that, protect the net. You know, I think that the Maple Leafs have done uh, not as great a job at protecting their net as of late. Um, they've allowed some some guys to get in there. A lot of these goals that are being scored are from the inner slot, and you got to try and box guys out. Now, not having Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall was a big reason for that. You, you had guys with a little, little bit thinner, leaner frames trying to box out guys like Ryan Reeves. That's not going to happen very well. Or guys like Ryan O'Reilly, that's not going to happen very well. Uh, so, you know, with bringing in Justin Hall, maybe that does help that. 
but regardless, they still do need to figure out a way to protect the net. And another thing that they haven't handled well as of late is the forecheck. And there's some, some, you know, mm. some bigger dudes on Anaheim, like Nick Delorier is one of the, I think he leads the league in hits. If, if I'm not yes. mistaken, like he's a, he's going to be in there. He's going to try and bang bodies and, you know, guys like Travis Dermott, guys like Timothy Lilligren, Rasmus Sandin, they got to try and absorb the contact and not turn the puck over when that happens. You got to handle that forecheck, not shy away from the contact and make sure that you are putting the puck in good positions and not turning the ball, turning over the puck when you have somebody like him or like Sam Carrick or whoever coming hard in on you trying to lay the body. It's going to happen. You got to absorb it. It's the NHL, folks. You're going to get, you know, shaken up a little bit. But uh, so I think that is going to be a, another key. Handle the forecheck and limit those defensive zone turnovers because those have been killer for Toronto in this uh, in this little stretch mm. here. So those are kind of my three keys tomorrow for Toronto to beat uh, Anaheim. You mentioned another name, another former Toronto guy, Sam Carrick. Oh. Maple, Maple brother. Yeah, he won. Wait, Sam Carrick? No, Connor Carrick was with the Leafs. Was Sam Carrick with the Leafs? Sam Carrick was with the Leafs, absolutely. Wow. I, I remember Sam Carrick as a Marley. Oh, he could have been with the Mar. Yeah, yeah, he was with the Marlies, I think. Was he drafted as a Maple Leaf? Yeah, he was drafted as a Leaf back in 2010. I I know my minor league guys. If it's one thing I know, it's my minor league guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, because uh, yeah, because he was with the Marlies before making the jump to San Diego. He did. Sorry, he did. Yeah, back 13, 14, and, uh, and 14, 15. 15. Yeah, so he did get no. Yeah, 14, 15. He played 16 games with Toronto. And then in 15-16, he played three games in Toronto. And uh, the rest of his career was spent with the Marlies before being sent to uh, going to play in Anaheim, I guess, or Rockford. San Diego, San Diego for a while. Rockford, wherever he was there. But anyways, uh, good to see that he's, you know, getting himself a, a crack in the NHL. Good, uh, good Toronto boy and, you know, former, former Maple Leaf picks from Stouffville. Stouffville, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Local kid. So he'll have some, some local friends and family in the area as well. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break. And when we come back, we got to talk about this Josh Manson fella. We got to mm-hmm. do it. I got to right. What's it going to take? Is he available? Maybe we'll have, I'll play the role of Kyle Dubas. You'll play the role of vacant general manager as of now. We'll talk about that too. <laughs> okay, so we'll do that <laughs> when we return here on this Locked on Leaves, Locked on Ducks crossover. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best wagering action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online it's where the game starts welcome back to the locked on leafs locked on ducks crossover show we got toronto we got anaheim facing off tonight at seven o'clock at scotia bank arena four o'clock for those uh listening out in california and one of the big talking points throughout the past week and a half or so here in Toronto at the very least has been the fact that this this blue line needs to bulk up 
They need to, to get stronger. Like I said, they need to protect the net, and they got to handle the forecheck better. And there's a guy in Anaheim that kind of fits the mold of what Toronto and Toronto fans, Leafs Nation, is looking for, and that's Josh Manson. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, is Josh Manson – could he be made available? His contract is over at the end of the year. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And like we alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, Anaheim kind of overachieving. So is this a guy who they see as part of their future? Or if the right price is paid, could he potentially be on the move here before the trade deadline? This is a tricky question. If you would ask me this, when the Ducks were struggling last season, I would have said, yes, he's absolutely available, 100%. Now that the Ducks are looking to, I guess, kind of jumpstart this rebuild and actually make a playoff spot, maybe not so much. I think the Ducks do want to look at this season a little bit and think they might have a chance. And Josh Manson has been one of those guys for the Ducks this season that has done well. However, as you mentioned, his contract is up at the end of the season. So who knows if the Ducks even retain him after this season. That's been kind of a topic. I mean, it hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but it's, there's been murmurings. You know, will he come back? What will be the price for Josh Manson to come back? He is getting a little bit older. He's turned, or he is 30 now. This year's draft, take at least some draft picks, or at least a first rounder because the Ducks do still want to I mean that's what happened with the Andre Kasha trade from two years ago was the Ducks at first were somewhat reluctant but once the deal went down they did get a first round pick and they got Jacob Perot who is still super young but he he looks into being one of those guys in the Ducks future as well so if the Ducks can get someone pretty decent in the first round and get a good pick that could be the price that could be among the price and maybe one other little side chip there as well. So you think but, it would take like a yeah. first, a first and maybe like a B prospect. A first and at least a prospect I think would be a good way to go, but would there no, be appetite to take on a contract? Would there be any appetite to take on a guy? And I, it's so tough to throw him into this one because obviously where he came from, but, like, Nick Ritchie is a player that this team cannot afford that contract. I mean, I, I, I believe that where whatever trade kind of gets made, I like to think that Nick Ritchie could be thrown into the deal to make the numbers work financially uh, both this year and next year. Well, I don't wouldn't know that be hilarious? Road, though. Wouldn't that be funny if that happened? It Former Duck comes back. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Just in that sense. You know, what the duck, you know what the Ducks have that most teams don't? A ton of cap space. There you go. They, they have a lot of cap space, which leads into something else that you and I had kind of talked about just as a side, is what about this vacant GM spot? Yeah. Look. Who's making trades there right now? So after the whole thing that happened earlier this year with Bargain Bob, who's now gone, um, <laughs> that part was supposed to be muted but Jeff Solomon right now has the keys for the Ducks he's someone that was brought in from the Los Angeles Kings he's 
really good at managing those numbers and did an exceptional job by making the Los Angeles Kings roster work all the way back in 2014. He was instrumental in that Marion Gabryk trade, if you recall from oh, eight years ago now. So he, he knows numbers. He knows prospects. He knows what he's doing as far as trades go. The Ducks essentially gave him the keys for the next few months. And this is going to be a big test for Jeff Solomon as well. So if he's going to make a big trade like this and get at least a first round pick and maybe more, then why not take that swing? You may as well, right? Especially if this was supposed to be a rebuild year, then, then why not go for it? and entertain the idea so the way that i look at this and and you know toronto sports fans will understand this analogy because a season ago the toronto raptors were in a situation where they just weren't that good but with the new play-in format they probably could have got themselves into a play-in and then what maybe they win a game maybe they get to the first round but ultimately it wasn't a team that was going to compete for anything special so Zai right. Ajiri and, the, and, and company decided – the tagline was playing for what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, we want to win a championship. What's this going to do? So what they did was, the, you know, the moves that they made were to get better for next season. Could they have made the playoffs? They might have been able to. But they decided to kind of punt to the following year. And when I look at the Anaheim Ducks, like, yeah, they're overachieving. They're having a good season. They'll potentially make the playoffs – but are they going to make any noise once they get there? And I know once you get to the dance, anything could happen. You never know. I but are they on the level of Vegas or Colorado or right. Minnesota? Right. Unfortunately, the answer to that is no. Right. So would they be better suited maybe moving on from a Josh Manson, maybe a Nick Delorier, and picking up picks and prospects and building for the future? I think that's why a lot of Leaf fans are like, maybe he could be available because that could potentially be the route that Anaheim ultimately decides to go down. Yeah, I mean, I am a big proponent in still building for the future. And looking at this year's draft, there are so many names out there. Good draft. That, really good draft. Yeah, that could potentially help the Ducks well beyond, you know, 2024, 25, 26, etc. There are the makings of some really good young core pieces. I've mentioned some of those names already. Jacob Perot one of those guys. Braden Tracy, both of whom have gone up to the Ducks already this season. Canadian Olympian Mason McTavish. You took my thunder away on that one. Ah, oh, that was the next game I was going to mention. You're going to throw up the Canadian flag. I already know it. But Mason McTavish, congrats on making the Olympics. McTavish had a great nine games here with Anaheim. I look at what he did in Peterborough as well. He's killing it in the Canadian League. Oh, yeah. So, you know, those are three key guys. McTavish, Perot, Tracy. And then, of course, you have Drysdale, Zegris, also up there as far as future core pieces. Why not add some more pieces? I'm just saying, you never know. Yeah. That, that can all pan out. Look at what the Ducks did in 2007. They had a terrific draft in 2006, had two good first-round picks. Uh, two guys you might know. I think you're familiar with both of them. Some guy named Ryan Getzloff and another guy named, oh, Corey Perry, the Warm. Well, that, that was, like, 2003, no? Oh, uh, yeah, they came up in 05-06, so that was the 03 draft. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, who, who knows? I, I, that, that might, you know, I think Anaheim's in a situation where they can kind of pick which way they want to lean and then go from there. You know, they're not a team yeah. that necessarily needs to sell because they do at least have the opportunity to make a run at the playoffs and get into the dance. And like, let's also not mince words here. I think playoff revenue is also important for teams as, at the mm-hmm. same time, especially in this pandemic where a lot of teams have lost money, at least if you could get that playoff revenue, I mean, that would be helpful. So if you're the Ducks. And, and it's it been so long. Back, so long since they've been in there. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's also that too, but again, you got to weigh the pros and the cons, the future and the present. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting situation for the ducks. But if Josh Manson is available, I hope that Kyle Dubas is heavy in on that one because I think that he would be a, a really good addition. I mean, this guy's just like a, a monster. Like he is yep. just a absolute unit. Like what, Can I what's name a, three what's more Josh guys? Manson, what's a Josh Manson memory that you have of him just like crushing somebody? And you're like, oh, that's my defenseman. That is my <laughs> defenseman. Games against the Los Angeles Kings, that's for sure. Josh right. Manson is not afraid to battle with some of the big boys on some of these other Western teams. He's not afraid to mix it up with McKinnon out in Colorado. He's not afraid to mix it up with Drew Doughty in Los Angeles. But then again, neither is Nick Delorier. He'll fight Curtis McDermott any day of the week. Yeah. Hey, man, yep. honestly, I, a Manson-Delorier package, I would not be opposed to that coming Toronto's way before March 21st. I'll be honest with you. Wouldn't be opposed to it. But. And you know, if, if Ducks fans can see a first-round pick out of that, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, and I think if, if, if both of those are available, I think that could be, that could be had. That could be yeah. made. It could be had. Uh, but we'll see. Still tons of time. Uh, before the deadline, before much of these deals get made, before any decisions get made, before we start to talk about buyers and sellers, still tons of time to talk about that. I'm sure you'll do it on your show on Locked On Ducks. I'm going to do it right here on Locked On Leafs. But, hey, we got a game tonight, so uh, everybody enjoy it. Leafs, Ducks, down at Scotiabank Arena, 7 p.m. puck drop local time in Toronto, 4 p.m. for all y'all out in Cali. Uh, really appreciate uh, you joining me here today, Jason. And it was a lot of fun. Why don't you tell my great folks here uh, in Toronto uh, and listening to the show where they can find your podcast and find uh, all your work. Uh, they can find the podcast at Locked On Anaheim Ducks, wherever podcasts can be heard. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You can obviously catch me uh, working for the AHL. And I want to give a quick shout-out, since you're a Toronto guy, quick shout-out to my buddy Ryan out in Newmarket, Ontario. Got to give him his shout-out out there. All right, shout-out, Ryan. Hope you're, uh, <laughs> hope you're a loyal listener then, so this will at least find your way to you. But uh, shout-out, shout-out, Ryan. Uh, yeah, you can find my stuff at Locked On Leafs, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Locked On Leafs on Twitter. And my own personal Twitter is Mickey underscore Canuck. All right, Jason, really appreciate you stopping by. And, uh, hey, should be a fun one. Let's hope for some fireworks. All right. We will both chat to you guys tomorrow.